It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Jay Crawford. Adam the Bull. Garrett Bush. And so many big names, it would take me hours to say all of their names. The ultimate Cleveland sports show. Booyah! Hey, it's time to hey! Also known as Wednesday. <laughs> and also the 50th Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show. Is it really? So Number it 50. Yeah. We have done. I mean, none of us individually have been on 50 shows. But shows. That's true. Not true. I have. Uh, I guess oh, true. Point. Okay. Right. Something there. Mike's Steve done Curtin 50. Has. I've done 49. G, I think he's done 48. Anthony, has, has Anthony been here for all 50? I don't yep. know. <laughs> Anthony yes. w- worked remote one day. But he worked on the show. Yeah. Have that counts. 50 shows. 50. That's a lot of shows. I'm at like 12. Maybe. I know. Yeah, that's Maybe. okay. We need more Tyvis. I've decided we need more Tyvis. Well, I'm on vacation the first week of August. I think he's in for me the whole week. I am feeling so. in. First week, week. first week of August. Tyvis week. Tyvis week. Yep. All right, very good. Uh, on today's show, Charles Robinson, he's a Yahoo reporter, very good writer, very good reporter. He's been all over the Deshaun Watson story. He's going to join us uh, in just a little bit. Also, Robert Smith. Euclid High School's Robert Smith, and of course, Ohio State Buckeye, Minnesota Viking. Terrific career as an NFL player. All-around great guy, too. But Robert's one of my all-time favorites. He's going to join us on the program. And it'll be fun because as he's saying goodbye, Leroy Horde's coming on, so they'll cross paths. (laughs) And I hope that we have as much fun with (laughs) With, that this week as we had with with a similar thing last week (laughs) with Keith Byers and and Leroy Horde. So that should be fun. That's coming up. Jay, a couple uh, of quick reactions to your intro here. Do you think Robert Smith, the name Robert Smith, is the most common name in America? Hmm. Or maybe I would think Joe Smith. Joe Smith, Mike, Mike, Mike Smith, maybe. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, Mike White. By the way, how come every athlete with the last name White is black and with the last name Black is white? (laughs) Think about that. Think about that. I, I've never thought about that I've ever in my thought, life. Think about it. I've never I've, thought about it. I've this. never thought about it. Every that. athlete with the last name Black is white. Every athlete with the last name White is black. And just think, it's every, a, every last name is some old white guy's name. That's true. That's right. Yeah. Well, that's well, true. Yeah. Well, by the way, at least I, most of them. I, a lot of immigrants. <laughs> in other that's true. My they, wife is like, speak for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> She's carrying her name proudly. By the way, one other thing. I'm waiting for the day where we're introducing the guests that are coming on. And Jay says, you know, coming on today's show from uh, CBS Sports is Joe Schmo. He sucks, but we got, we're having no, him on No, here, here's the thing. If I don't say this person's a great guy. Then you know he's not. You got to watch out. Yeah. I'm just That's, saying. There it is, ladies and gentlemen. No, you got just, the hint. McNuggets, why are we having this guy on? He sucks. <laughs> I'll say that before the show. I, I'll I never say to, that in the intro on the show. I talked to Robert Smith. His shot is set up and everything. He'll be back in half an hour. He's good to go then. But he's good to go, and he good. did say he heard Steve Current hooking up your mic, Jay, and he goes, man, Jay's been doing this a long time, but still needs help getting mic'd up. So <laughs> too. The sad part about that is I usually don't need help getting mic'd up. Do I, Steve, the director in there? Today he wanted to do something a little different. Mm. Yeah, that's right. That's exactly right. <laughs> okay. Whoa, what? Hey, what is going Steve. on? What is 
What happened there? We need we need the ability to punch the color bars myself. I would have just my gosh, dude. Yeah. Hey. Whoa. Let's start the show. Okay, then. Before we do, is everything okay with you physically today? Well, feeling okay? Let me tell you something. Talk I went it. for a massage yesterday. Yes. Wow. Mm. My Achilles is the best it's felt in six months. No kidding. Did you ever tear it? Well, I tore my left Achilles 10 years ago. Yeah. A full tear. Right. Wow. Tear- it was a that's really a rough recovery. Yeah, that's yeah. a doozy. Uh, but about six months ago, I was, I-, I was walking a lot, and all of a sudden, my Achilles really started barking. So I yeah. went to my uh, orthopedist. Right. Orthopedist? Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he checked it out. He's like, yeah, they, they, I went for an MRI or whatever the hell I did. And he's like, there's slight tiny tears, but they yeah. don't repair that. That's got to like replace on its own. So I've been doing physical so therapy. So the masseuse worked on that Achilles. She worked on it for like 45 minutes just in that one spot. Wonderful. I did a 75-minute massage. She did like 45, 50 minutes on that one it's spot. It's amazing how great you can feel after Oh, that. my God. I'm yeah. going back again next week. Wonderful. In fact, I got to call her after the show. Yeah, let's yeah. do that. Let's set that up, and then we'll get a report next week on the stuff. <laughs> <laughs> They were dead Keep serious. You, you know what I've learned about Bull? He's like an old person. When you ask them how you're doing, I'll tell you. You're going to get the I'm gonna real share it all. Of my hip thing. and my back. I'm going to share it all. If you come in with one eye patch on, talk about I had to get my cataracts done, I yeah, got something. That's it. <laughs> come in here with that. All right. Let's uh, let's let's the news of the day is where we begin in uh, mm. pro football talk. Yesterday, we talked about the report that Mike Florio was saying that according to the Watson camp and even NFLPA, they were looking in the two to eight game range. Yep. For it's a, a pretty big range, by the it way. It is a big range. I had a lot yeah. of people last yesterday tell me that watch the show. They're like, why, why is it such a wide range? Yeah. Well, I have a, I'll guarantee you this. It's either going to be zero games or an indefinite. It's somewhere in between. Yeah. And that's, I'll 100%. guarantee you that that's the range. <laughs> I'll agree with that. You can book it. Uh, yeah, it's a big range. It's a bold um, statement. I think that we kind of were leaning towards the lower end of that. Yes. But uh, according to Florio's report, there are sources that are telling him that the Browns are bracing for the higher end of that. They're, and maybe they're just getting ready for worst-case scenario, but they're yeah. bracing for the higher end of that, which would be eight games. So let's start our discussion this way. Let's say it's eight games. Yeah. Okay. And you've got Jacoby Brissett starting at quarterback for the first eight games. For those that don't remember, here's the way the schedule plays out. Panthers, Jets, Steelers, Falcons, Chargers, Patriots, Ravens, Bengals. What's their record when Watson comes back? Uh, Jay, I say they their record will be four and four. Mm-hmm. Um I, I think you need Jacoby Brissett to hold the fort 500. I think it's possibly goes five and three. I was kind of in between the two, but I'll I'll say four and four okay. for the Browns with Jacoby. Tyvis, I got five and three. I, I think Ooh, Jacoby optimistic. Brissett, yeah, I think Jacoby Brissett does a great job. Like I said, the number one thing he does is he's going to take care of the football, and that's what you need. We're going to obviously lean heavy on the run game, and I think those playmakers that we got with David Njoku, he has to show why he's a top five. He's going to have a breakout season, and Amari Cooper's going to do his thing, and everybody's going to fill in. I think. I think I trust Kevin Stefanski to be able to call plays that his playmakers make plays, and I Very expect good. our defense to stay right where they were at. Where I think they finished what top ten last year. Or something yeah, and like and really yeah. arrow up. Exactly. I mean, they started. The, they were yeah. trying to figure it out. You know, and when you're playing year, with new teammates, it takes right. a while. Year they figured two, it out. Year at the two end. in the same with the same guy, or what? This would be year three for yeah. Joe Woods. Same guys being in there, keeping the same roster. They all kind of know each other, so they should be a lot better moving forward. All right, four and four, five and three. G Bush. You know I gotta go up top on them. 
Ooh. I got to go up top. You're like this is the Price is Right. Here gotta, we go. I yes. go higher, higher. <laughs> Six and two, baby. Go. Oh. Six and two. Speak it. Come on Six now. There's power in the tone. Yes, it is. He's good all the time. Yes, Which he is. Which two do they what do? do Which what two do they do? Hey, like, so, so, see, I like that you put my schedule up there because I was forgetting. I am kind of scary at this. Atlanta is a trap game already. I think they're 3-0 going into Atlanta. They're playing a mobile quarterback, Marcus Mariota. It's going to be in the Dome. That's a trap game. I think they can sneak out of there by winning uh, by a field goal. Pittsburgh, I think they get them the first game, but this is very manageable. When you go to that second four, yeah, much tougher. Yeah, let's talk about this. Now, now, (laughs) this is the one where the Chargers – they never play well against the Chargers for okay. some reason. I they played the well same, last year. I, said the same thing. I, I mean, but even when the Chargers came there last, two, I think it's Baker's rookie rookie year, they smoked them. Uh, I think the Chargers give them tr- trouble. Uh, I think you get New England. I think you. I think you get New England. So I got an L to the Chargers. You beat New England, and then at Baltimore, that's an L. That's a that's a it, this this is a convincing L. I think Lamar Jackson and, and, and Jacoby Brissett then beat Cincinnati at home. I don't. <laughs> man, watch this. Watch this. Oh, it's no. Halloween night. Monday football. It's, it's, home. Oh, it's, it's scary. It's, ho- it's home. But Kevin Stefanski has done a good job. No, he's done a great he job. Against okay. the Bengals. Yeah. I mean, has he lost? No. Nope. He's under. He he beat, he beat him with the backup last year. Uh, he got you know he got Whoa, to they have backups too. I, I get it yeah a lot more than we did <laughs> yeah yeah asterisk that way yeah throw that one out there it is but still three but and all that, against their that was really good team. now I'm not gonna say it's gonna be easy but you said sometimes and I agree with it the Cleveland Browns if they want to win I'm looking at Miles Garrett this has to be your defensive player of the year yep. type performance this is it and this is why I always tell y'all man look you got Miles Garrett you got Javion Clowney you got a lot of people on that field getting a lot of money Denzel Ward feels he like he's a top three corner you got John Johnson he getting a boatload of money at safety and, and you got Grant Dubber who I feel like is going to be our version of that next safety. We ain't never had. Yeah, no we need safety. that. We Badly. need that guy. Couple of thought, a couple of things here. First of all, I take issue with Florio using the word the Browns are bracing because yeah. to me that indicates something they were not prepared for until recently. And like, how could they yeah. have not been prepared? Like, if you want to argue they weren't prepared for a full season suspension, okay, I can see that. But I think they for were. a while now, I'm sure they they've been saying they probably thought well if it's eight games we can live with that i i, I don't know that i agree with the yeah. term bracing. maybe the wrong word i, I think yeah. maybe perhaps expecting and not because bracing yeah, right. does have a negative kind of yes, like, exactly. oh my god it could be eight games right 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 I, I, I still think there will be some cheers coming from berea absolutely if it's eight games yes like no they'd doubt. love it to be four six yeah. but if it's eight it's better than the year alternative, and I do think there there would be a measure of relief if it, if they know it's just eight. In this column that Florio had, he did have a little nugget at the end where he said there's been – I don't remember exactly how he put it, but it basically said there's been some rumors or rumblings that the Browns might talk to Cam Newton. And we brought up Cam Newton a while ago, guys, and I was thinking about this. In the end, uh, I know – and I know Tyvis wants to talk about it too, so I'll leave this part. If they're not going to trade for Garoppolo, which I know you want them to, yeah, I would just stick with Brissett. As long as it's, a, you know, not a full year suspension. I'm sticking with Brissett over Cam Newton or, I mean, you could bring in like an A.J. McCarron or a, uh, what's his name? The tall, dopey guy used to be on the Buccaneers. Um, yeah, but what's the point? I mean, no, just as a backup. Yeah. Just as a backup. Bro, just uh, have a veteran backup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm starting Jacoby Brissett because here's the difference. Mike Lennon. Mike Lennon, thank oh, you. Yeah. Here's the reason I would rather bring in one of those guys than Cam Newton. 
because Cam Newton is going to make mistakes. Cam Newton, right? Like, you know how we talk about Baker thinks he's better than he is? Yeah. yeah. Well, Cam Newton was better than he is. Yeah. He was a whole uh, – <laughs> His not mind a hasn't caught up to his right. body. He doesn't like realize that. he's not that good anymore. No, that's exactly so right. So, he keeps that's trying to make those plays yeah. and he throws – Jacoby Brissett, I mean, I don't know him personally, but I'm pretty sure he knows who he is. Yes. Yeah. Like, he knows his role well, in the NFL. Well, he's never been that guy. Remember, Cam was an MVP. Cam played in the Super Bowl. Right. Cam had an unbelievable college career. Brissett's not going to turn the ball, make terrible mistakes. Yeah. Not that he'll never make a mistake. He's not going to make those egregious mistakes. Which is he good. knows how to run an offense. He's a pro. He's a veteran. Yeah. He, I think it makes sense. Unless you're going to go Garoppolo to stick with, on, to stick on with this, Brissett. For this discussion, it's just Brissett yeah. for the first eight. Yeah. I'm, I'm going your avenue. I'm going safe. And I'm saying four yeah. and four. I just look at the talent around this around whoever the quarterback is. This talent is playoff caliber talent. And if you have playoff caliber talent, you should be able to adjust to missing the best and most important player on your team. Right. And I believe that I I think Stefanski will be able to game plan mm. to his personnel. We're going to see a heavy dose of the run. We should. I think we should anyhow. Yeah. Um, but I, I think that if we become too predictable on the run, that could be a problem too. Yeah. When teams know what you're going to do, they're going to stop it. Yeah. So I, I, but I think Stefanski, he knows all of that. I think he's going to be smart. I think they'll come through this safely at four and four. And if they do, yeah. guys, and they they're, get yeah. Watson back for the last nine games of the season, I've got them going six and three. Right. He's got to go six yeah. and three to make the playoffs. To make the make, playoffs. Yeah. Now, I mean, that would be ten and seven. And there's no guarantee that that That's gets true. you in the playoffs. That's true. So, you know, he might have to go 7-2. and two. He might. If he, and that's, if that's a big ask that's for better. a guy yeah. that hasn't seen the football field in 23 months. It would be 23 months at that point. You know, but the Browns do a good job of not having a starting quarterback. I mean, you think of – They did last year. Yeah, last really year. You well. think of the Denver game. They did really well. Um, the Oakland, Minnesota, Oakland, the Oakland, Vegas oh, game. Man. Oh, man. They, they, they didn't have nobody, yeah. and they still had a fighting chance. So, just imagine if you got a guy <laughs> who you could prepare. That's why I'm hoping if he does get suspended, they get it during training camp or before so Jacoby Brissett can take those first team reps to establish that chemistry with everybody and he'll have the flow you going know, right. We've talked about the fact that he could play Watson could play in the preseason. You have 12 quarters of football in the preseason. If you're Stefanski, how are you splitting those 12 quarters between Brissett, a guy who will be running the offense for the first half of the season, and Watson, a guy who hasn't played football in a year and 8 months. I've been thinking about this a lot. Jacoby Brissett getting all the reps. I think he will. Every last single yeah. one of them. And I'm going to put Deshaun Watson on ice. He not going to see nothing. Because here's the worst thing that can happen. This is devastating. I, I know where you're going. I, don't even say it, Bush. Like, don't don't even say it because you're speaking into that. That is terrible. You're not a guy who lives in his fears. You can't live in your fears be worried about injury. But get injured anytime. Can you imagine? Wait a minute, though. If you happen to in a regular season I game. I know. I hear you, but but I can't have that happen he, no, in a preseason he's game. He's not taking no reps. He's our future. No, no, no. D.Y. ain't played in 23 months. You think if he don't get out in the preseason, he's going to be like, let me see. You yeah. know, let me test it a little bit. Let yeah. me see what I got. Right. He got let, let me give the people a little glimpse of what I well, was doing. Now, play you, a little. now yeah. you mess you you so put yourself we, out. I would you do got 70. twelve quarters for percent. <laughs> zero for I'm Watson. I'm doing like seventy five percent. Okay, percent. So, okay, but nine, I got to get nine quarters some reps. for Jacoby. So what yeah. about the backup? You got to get Dobbs right. I almost I, said F that guy. <laughs> <laughs> I 
<laughs> don't say that. Uh, but, yeah, no, you're right because Dobbs like, is going to have. So get him ready. What, how are you splitting it? So you're going nine three zero for Dobbs. Yeah. You're going 12, zero, 12, zero. 12. I'm not going twelve. No, no, yeah, no, that's twelve. Twelve. I would go. I go eight four. Yeah. Eight four. I'm going to go eight three one. <laughs> you got to you got to yeah. play Dobbs because you know what? Yo, he's, he's a snap away from. Holding the entire franchise. But I bet they'll add you somebody else. You gotta play else. him some. I'm giving Dobbs. I'm giving the four to Dobbs. I'm not giving D. White no reps, man. No. Zero yes. reps. He can take no, him in practice. Playing, man. No, he might he not even be playing the practice. He can take him in practice. <laughs> man. I'm not, I'm not putting right. him out there. By the way, this is you know we talked about this year being a referendum for Kevin Stefanski, right? But in a way, in the games that Watson doesn't play, it's a referendum on the whole roster, because. Yeah. We keep talking. This is a great roster. This is a great roster. Well, if it's that great, they they better win some games without right, them. But it's also going to be really tough to judge them without their of without course. Their field and that's why I got to go four and four because you look at that second four games. I mean, those are all really good teams. The Patriots are the worst of those yeah. four teams, and they're a decent team. Yeah, that and last those, four scares me. And unlike the first four, those teams also have Super Bowl-caliber rosters, except for maybe New England. Yeah. The Chargers, Bengals, and Ravens do, but they also have much better quarterbacks what, what, than Ravens Jacoby Brissett. The Ravens got a receiver. you got something? Yeah, but they, but they got uh, – well, <laughs> Yeah, we got, got, what? They got what? They don't have plenty of other good players? Our guest is Your in boy the J.K. Well, we'll Dobbins? discussion yep. in a sec, but we do to have Charles Robinson joining us now via the Gridiron Guys hotline. Looking for a local roofer you can trust family owned since 2003 the gridiron guys have been grown to become northeast ohio's top rated roofers we exemplify quality work is. practices and are a valued resource for homeowners and offer a 10-year workmanship warranty call 330-573-7967 today for a free estimate grid 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 gridiron guys this lockdown podcast is brought to you by home chef now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down how are your resolutions coming one of mine was to order less takeout cook more at home but I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. And, that was and by the way, Charles the Ravens won a lot Charles of games without a good receiver, by the way. Charles, what do you think of our, of our uh, in-house jingle singer? <laughs> I love it. I love it. We need more of that. We need, we need a, can we get the remix on Spotify? <laughs> you got it. Coming soon. I'm in. Coming soon. Charles, are you a Tigers fan? Or is that you just wearing that for fashion? No, unfortunately, I'm a Tigers fan. Are you from Detroit? <laughs> Are you from Detroit, Charles? I grew, up, I grew up in Michigan, lived in Detroit for quite a while. So always, I'm always, always repping the beat. All right, bless your heart. Charles. Although the 84 Tigers, one of the best teams I've ever seen, oh the 84 God. Tigers. Tell me, wonderful, tell wonderful me you're not a, that continues to fade. Tell me you're not a fan of, like, the college there. Of course he is. Of course he is. From the college there? I went I went to Michigan State. So. Okay. Oh, all right. Okay. All right, all right. We can continue the interview. All right. All right. So, hey, Charles, um, first of all, thanks for joining us. Uh, we, we greatly appreciate it. I want to start by, and I know this is this is really tough, and we hate when, it, when, when others do it, and yet we do it all the time. Yeah. But 
best educated guess here on when we might get a ruling. <laughs> I, I, that's, wow, that's a new question. I haven't yeah, been right? asked that one yet. <laughs> we uh, hate that best question. Best educated guess. Somewhere between zero and forever. <laughs> You're the first person we've asked that to that we can definitively say got it right. That's true. Uh, yeah. That's right. Is, is it realistic to expect this before training camp starts, which is what, like eight days away now? Um, okay, let me, I'll say this. When this process started, um, actually prior to them having the hearing in front of Sue L. Robinson, um, I was using the word expect. Okay, the NFL expects, the Browns expect, Watson's camp expects, the union expects. After the, the hearing took place, as you continue to talk to these parties, the language they were using about when the decision would come, I was like, oh, I got to drop the word expect because clearly this is a hope. They hope to have it oh. by the time training camp opens. And, right. and I think the reason for that is there's been given – there's no benchmark that's been given or timetable that's been given by Sue L. Robinson. And so now when you talk to all the parties involved, they all say the same thing. She's doing what she's paid to do. She's an arbitrator. We hired her to have a thorough um, decision and take her time and do this right. And that's what she's doing. And now there's no indication that this is going to get done on the clock that everyone had hoped it would get done on. So I still think, and I think there's a reason why the reporters are saying this, but I, I still think it grows out of hopefulness that this comes out maybe on the eve of camp, okay? But um, when I last spoke to essentially someone from every party involved, they all said the same thing, which is this could be a while. It could actually take us into the first days of camp, if not long. Okay. You know, Charles, uh, one of the things that I haven't heard many people kind of prognosticate on or, or kind of guess is, say, for instance, uh, Judge Sue Robinson comes back with or her, her verdict and say it's eight games. What is the? What do you think the likelihood of a Deshaun Watson appealing to eight games, or b the NFL appealing to eight games? Right, um, because they still can do that if it's anything over zero games. Do you do you have a kind of a, a sense on whether or not they will take whatever she says and ride out with it? I think that Deshaun Watson's camp knows that there has been sort of an advisement that if this comes in less than double digit games, it's probably best for him to take it. Because remember, if he appeals, once again, that goes to Roger Goodell and Roger Goodell or his designee, and they have an ability to add games. So you're opening yourself to potential additional peril if you're the party that decides to appeal. Now, I. I actually like that eight to 10 game number because I think that is the number that neither side will be happy with. And that means the arbitrator succeeded. That means that if the NFL is sitting there and they're staring at eight to 10 games, they're going, that's not a full year. That's not, you know, the, essentially the 17 games plus postseason that we might've hoped for, but also Watson's camp is sitting there going, we thought the way the NFL presented um, and the union thought the way the NFL presented, this could be four games. It could be two games. It could be six games. Again, I think if it comes into that middle ground where no one's really absolutely happy, but no one's devastated either, it's probably the, the right decision. So um, do I think Watson's camp could uh, appeal regardless? Yes, I do. But I think they also know the potential peril on the other side of that is Goodell could absolutely add games. Charles, I, I've talked about on the show a few times how these decisions in the past have always been made by the league based on emotion or appearance, right? They suspended because they wanted to maybe appease the people that were angry, right? 
And now, in this case, because this is being done by a judge and being treated like a real court proceeding, it's not being done by emotion. It's being done by fact and, or I, I guess, fact and opinion, but educated opinion. So in the past, where I think the league was worried about the fan reaction to the suspension, I think in this case, if she puts a smaller suspension, let's say it's only four games, and there's some people outraged by that. I do think, though, if the league tries to bigfoot her and says, well, that's not enough, we're going to spend them 12 games, I think there'll be a lot of backlash from fans that are angry about that. And so I don't think they will do it because of that. I don't know. Am I crazy? An appeal um, in terms of which side could be have more on the line in terms of an appeal. The union in Watson, really, there's there's in terms of reputation or or the optics of it, there's nothing there really risky. Um, you, you know, if, if it's eight games, if it's 12 games, four games, whatever, if they appeal it, in terms of the optics of it, there's no real risk there. But for the league, there is because of the fact that prior to the last CBA, this the way that justice was sort of handled between the NFL and the union, it was considered sort of a kangaroo court. Okay, it's going to go before Roger Goodell. Um, it's streamlined into this process where it's basically just the league deciding this is how it's going to go. And no one really considered that um, a real kind of valid system. Then this new CBA comes in. They pick this arbitrator, and, and with this new system in place, as you said, if the league decides we're going to undercut this, what you're effectively saying is we chose a federal judge who has more than 20 years on a federal bench, mm -hmm. who has a great resume, who's probably corporate-leaning, who was appointed by um, a Republican president, all these different things that kind of lean into the NFL's backyard. Mm -hmm. We're saying we're just going to invalidate all the work that she's just done. And by the way, I want to I stress something here. The longer this goes, the more suggestive it is that when she issues her opinion, it's going to be very detailed, very comprehensive, very much leaning on whatever precedent she finds. So to appeal that if you're the NFL, you're not just invalidating what her ultimate opinion is, you're invalidating all the work she did and everything that she established to, to back it and give it credit. 100%. Uh, how you doing? Listen, if, if I was reading something on Twitter uh, yesterday, and they were suggesting. Am I oh, actually, don't do that. Yeah, am I, don't, am, why, yeah, why do that? Please don't. I know. Stop right, reading Twitter. Right, right. I know. Pay attention. I, the most reliable one on one. What's next? News from Best Facebook? One on one. Taking my news from Twitter. But they yeah. were suggesting that that the longer that this takes, could it be possibly that you know Judge Sue Robinson isn't finding anything, and she's like taking her times and hope that they come up with a settlement, that the NFL and Deshaun come up with a settlement, so they can get the games instead of right possibly her coming out and maybe saying no games, right? This is okay. So my theory on this, and this is perfect for Twitter. I'm glad you bring Love Twitter it. because Twitter loves, <laughs> loves theories. My, my theory is that there, you know, there's effectively really three, three components to this. Number one, the first component is she's doing the job she was paid to do. She's being thorough. She's, she's showcasing that, Hey, I'm a federal judge. I can sit here. I have other lawyers, obviously at, at my, um, back and call in this process. It's the only case I'm working on right now because I was hired to do this process. So I'm taking my time and it's going to be very thorough. That's one part of it. Number two is following the hearing, it's the first time that both sides, all the cards are on the table. The NFL knows what Deshaun Watson's defense team, everyone, they, they know what those arguments are. They're all out there. They're in the briefs, okay? You know, and, and on the flip side, Deshaun Watson's team, the defense team, the union, they all know what the NFL's cards are. That's sort of new information. So the longer the process goes, 
essentially Sue Robinson is doing something that arbitrators do at times, which is to give the two parties a little extra time to reconsider whether or not, now that they know everything, they want to find a settlement rather than allowing her to create some sort of precedent here. So I think that's the second component of it. And then I think the third component of it is that people might be missing here. This is giving Sue Robinson credit the longer that this goes because it shows she's not a stooge for the league. She's not a stooge for the union. She's her right. own self, her, an independent arbitrator, which is what she was hired to be. Mm -hmm. And it gives her credibility to look outwardly and go, I'm not operating on anybody's timeline, but the truth, myself, and the best possible analysis in the decision. Yeah, that's Great very point. well said. Point. Charles, you've been out in front on a lot of the different scoops and the stories that we've seen come out of this story. And I want to talk specifically about one. I'm pretty sure you were the, you were the reporter that broke the news that the NFL – would not appeal if it was less than a year. Am I am I right on that? That was your story. I mean, I've written about that. I don't know if I was going to break it. Yeah, but, I, um, I I remember that. But the reason I bring that up is because I think you quoted a league source, and the very next day, Mary Kay Cabot had a story, and she also she's a local writer here, covers the Browns for Cleveland.com. Oh, yeah, she uh. She refuted it completely and said that, according to a league source, that uh, they they absolutely would appeal that, and and that they wouldn't be happy with anything less than a year. Um, obviously, there's two different sides of thinking inside the NFL office. Do you get a sense which camp has more power inside the NFL, and whether or not they would or would not appeal if that suspension came in less than a year? Okay, well, you touched on it, and I'm glad that you brought that up because the NFL, if there's a sense outwardly among fans or whoever else that the entire NFL office is completely um, in lockstep on this, that's just not true. There are varying opinions inside of Park Avenue about what is acceptable, how this should be handled. And I will say this, when it comes to the final decision in terms of whether something should be appealed or not, and they're not going to make that until they know um, really what Sue Robinson's um, reasoning is behind her, her opinion. It's hard to make that decision without knowing what the judge is going to bring to the table, what they're mm -hmm. going to point at. And once that happens, I will tell you this, the, the who decides this, and it's going to shrink, okay, significantly. I would say that it's going to be a Roger Goodell's uh, decision, general counsel, lead general counsel, Jeff Pash. There may only be two or three individuals who sit there and, and, and make this decision about, how to handle this going forward, but it's going to be very much lean on, okay, well, why did Sue Robinson make the decision she ultimately made? And what does it mean for us going forward? Because again, there is going to be some element of precedent set here. And if what comes out of this is sort of this idea of disrepute, well, Deshaun Watson brought disrepute upon the NFL um, and that's how he broke the personal conduct policy. One of the arguments of the union is, okay, well, let's look outwardly. You said yourself owners have to be held to a higher standard. Here's the laundry list of disrepute that has been brought upon the NFL and should be a violation of the personal conduct policy. And yet investigations aren't even happening in some of these scenarios. And, and by the way, the Houston Texans just settled, okay, with 30 women. And there was only one lawsuit that was even in the works at this right. point against the Texans. They settled with 30 women essentially to get in front of what could have potentially been this idea that, hey, they should have known what was going on and 
they could have stepped in and done something, but instead they stepped forward and they settled. There's no investigation of the Texans at this moment, which is interesting. Yeah, it is very interesting. Very. We talked about that yesterday. Charles, excellent context, because I think that's a point that hasn't yep. really been made that needed to be made. Everybody's got to wait until Sue L. Robinson writes her opinion. Then you can read why she came right. to the decision she came to. Then a decision, and only then, can a decision be made as to whether or not they disagree with it right. and they want to appeal. And also his point on the divide in, in the front. In yeah, the, you can take four yeah. people in any sector, and yeah. you're going you're gonna to find differing viewpoints on right. this topic. It's very polarizing. Thanks, Charles. Charles Robinson, thanks, A, for your reporting. You've been all over this, and thanks for spending time with us on the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show. We'll get you a Cleveland Guardians hat for your next appearance. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, listen, just, just so you know, my significant other uh, grew up in Ohio. She's a huge Cleveland everything ah, fan. Ah, there you go. And, and so, Love you know, You have hey. great taste. <laughs> you have great taste. Charles Robinson of all Yahoo right. Sports. Charles, excellent job. Thank you very much. Uh, I think I stick it. I thought I, I thought that really brought a yeah. lot of clarity. Yeah, to no doubt. His reporting and which he has been on this from jump, but I I loved what he said about let everybody take a breath after yeah. the decision is in. Right. Because first there's going to be a knee jerk. What? Right. And then read read her opinion. Why did she find the way she? Found right. Because you know what we haven't even really considered, and this is very possible. And a lawyer told me this a couple of days ago. There are definitely pieces of evidence that none of us know about. Sure. And, and so, so because of that, we, it's really hard to formulate an opinion one way or another. Right. And in and, the past, and, we've never gotten any. All we got this was the suspension, and that's it. Right. All right. But now we're going to know. Yeah. All right. Let's take a look at what the Internet is talking about. Look, yeah. Get what the chat is talking about. Moonvale Zion says three and one in the first four games and two and two the next four games five and three after eight games uh Jack Tyvis had and he had that ready to probably, yeah, he, he agreed with you Jack Tyvis's Bur cousin Jack Bernie <laughs> says uh four and four uh, will be a win with Jacoby Brissett uh and Nav four five four says Newton would be way worse than Jacoby Brissett he's not a Newton fan and then, final, and then finally um, Frank Bennett Jr. says I'm really more worried about our kicker than our quarterback because if, if these first eight games are close we will need K to be big time Thanks. continue to well, just put a first round pick on a kicker so hey we, hey keep sending your chat but, yeah. uh, comments we'll read them throughout the show no he wasn't a first round chat. I know exactly. third <laughs> or by the way James Smith is the most common uh, James Smith men's name in America and Maria Garcia is the most common women's name. No kidding. Yeah. Wow. wow, that's interesting. Yeah. Um, on the on the record thing, the four and four. Yeah. One thing that's really I was I was getting so hey, depressed. Jay, we got Robert Smith. Robert Smith. Oh, okay. Robert Smith. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I'll just make one point really quickly. I was going through this and I said, man, if they go three and five, the, the season's yeah, kind of over. Well, it's not kind of, definitely, I mean, but they're in big trouble. Deshaun would yeah. have to go eight and one for this team to get to eleven wins, which yeah. is kind of what everybody's thinking will take to make the playoffs. Yeah. Eight and one is that would wow, be a, a big problem. Yeah. All right, let's bring him in. Robert Smith, Euclid High School fame, <laughs> Ohio State Buckeye fame, Minnesota Vikings fame, ESPN fame. How are you, my brother? It's great to see you again. It's been way too long. It's been, been way too long. So good to see you, man. I love the format of the show. And I got to tell you, I don't know who put the gopher in front of the desk, but that's the best move that you guys <laughs> made. <laughs> I know. Doesn't it work, Mike? It really, it, it, or Robert, it really works. I think it was Mikey McNuggets, our producer. Oh, no, it yeah. was Anthony. It was Anthony. Anthony Steve, brought take in the, the gopher. Shot. All right. There he is. Anthony, our, our associate I just, producer. I just, I, 
I was just playing that clip for the kids a couple of weeks ago where he's uh, where he's coming out of the ground coughing after Bill Murphy tried to blow up the golf course. He starts dancing again. Never lets you down. Never I mean, you lets got you Bill down. Murray, you got Ackroyd, you got no. Rodney Dangerfield. One of the all-time classic sports comedies in my, in my mind. Mm. Oh. Hey, uh, Robert, uh, first of all, we're going to get to the Brown stuff and all of that, but I, I really want to start with you with Ohio State. So much in the way of expectations for this team this year. And I, I don't know if you're like me, but when I see that they're the favorite to win the national championship, or they're mentioned by I get nervous. I don't know how how do you feel about that? And they're there every year. Is, they're in not the every year. <laughs> oh, not every on. year. They're always like in the top five. But this year I'm seeing way too many guys pick them to win it all, and that makes me nervous. How do you feel about that? Well, I, you know, I think when you look at college football over the last decade or so, I mean, who's who's it going to be? Who are people going to pick? They're going to pick Clemson. They're going to pick Ohio State. They're going to pick Georgia. They're going to pick Alabama. And obviously having C.J. Stroud back. And this team, the way that it is, and, and the hopes, especially for the defensive side of the ball. And I think part of this has to be the current structure of the Big Ten. Obviously, losing to Michigan last year, but I think that people look at Ohio State and they look at the path to the playoffs and to a potential national championship, and they see it as being easier. And I think that that's probably fair inside of the Big Ten than coming from the SEC, for example. I got to tell you guys, like, Robert, I'm, I'm someone, and these guys know this, but, you know, like, I grew up in New York City. I'm 50 years old. So, like, where I grew up, nobody cared about college football. There's no good teams in New York. Nobody cared. And so, like, moving to, you know, and then I, when I started my career, I was working in a, you know, near Syracuse. And so we got it, even though their football sucked, but they were all right back in those days. <laughs> Who was their coach again? They had that one Don coach. Don McPherson, right? No. Don Pasqualoni. Pasqualoni. I was always well. screaming that he should be fired, even though he's the best coach they've ever had. I What an <laughs> idiot I was. But, like, my beef with college football these days, even though I like watching individual games and the good matchups, is just what you said. It's like, who are you going to pick? Jay's like, I'm nervous. They're not. They're number two, three, four, five. I mean, they're in the mix every they're year. One this year. There's like uh. four every year. There's like five, maybe six teams at the most that you really think can win a national title. Every once in a while, there's a team that comes out of nowhere, but they almost never win. I, I, I find the lack of diversity in winning LSU to be isn't boring. In that top four. LSU won. It's, it's very rare, though. Yeah, but but okay. So I think first of all, the, the NIL is going to change things, and it's we've already started to see this. I mean, look at Texas A&M here over the last couple of years, and I know Nick Saban got in a lot of trouble uh, with Jimbo Fisher <laughs> saying that he bought that roster. But you look at the season that they had last year, and then you go out and you have the number one like recruiting it. class ever. Good, the number yeah. highest rated recruiting class ever. The change is going to start. Yes, are some of these rosters going to be quote-unquote bought? Yeah, possibly. Look at what happened with USC, bringing in Lincoln Riley and getting Caleb Williams from Oklahoma. We're going to see, te we're going to see teams be able to do what teams can do in the NFL, and that's kind of go to a form of free agency, improve their roster quickly, and improve their team quickly. So I think some of those other teams – are going to be in the mix. So it'll be interesting to see what AM does this year. I'll be very interested to see what USC does this year to see if they can get their name back in that mix. And it wasn't that long ago when you're talking about Reggie Bush and Pete Carroll and Matt Liner, just how dominant USC was. Yeah. And of course, having the trouble that 
Reggie Bush got in, hurt that program for a while. But I think that the landscape can change. Yes, it's been kind of the same names over the last decade. But we're going to see, especially with NIL, I believe that's going to change. I hope so. That's great. Robert, you talked about it. It's so ironic. You said, you know, Reggie Bush got in trouble. (laughs) (laughs) Right for doing nothing. (laughs) And then so like now Reggie Bush got in trouble for what he would be applauded for today. Like, oh, go get that. Jim Tressel got fired for nothing. Jim Tressel and and Terrell Pryor got tattoos. That's so crazy (laughs) that they lost eligibility. It couldn't even go back on campus. I want to ask you this question. How long before it's just straight up like this. We're just going to pay every player X amount of dollars to come play here. And that's what it is. And they're going to just have a pay scale uh, in college football. Well, this is the thing that I always thought was a better solution. I always thought NIL was a better solution because I, I think there's a, there's a whole can of worms that people aren't considering when you're talking about the university actually paying players because then they become employees then there are uh there are tax exemption issues from the state that uh come into play and then if they're employees can you fire them so i think that the solution now having entities outside of the university allowing the players to reap the benefits of name image and likeness is a much better model and i have absolutely no problem with it would have loved it back in my day and it's so funny Jay, you know how you know how this is, man. Like so many players are like, "Hey, Robert, I, you know, we know you took a pay cut when you came to the NFL." <laughs> I, I, I kid you not. I got my first car five months before I got drafted, and it broke down three months before I got drafted. <laughs> and, and now, and now you got Bijan Robinson down there at, at Texas, and he's driving around in a Lamborghini. So. <laughs> I got, I got no problem with it, but I will, I will say this, and this is, this is where I differ with some people, like the Reggie Bush situation. Uh, you know, people are saying, hey, he should get his Heisman back, and my problem with that is, people that broke the rule at that time. First of all, mm-hmm. uh, there are a lot of us that didn't. A lot of us that didn't break the rules. Okay, so we were living the right way. I would have loved to have my mother uh, taken care of back then, but I didn't. Okay, because I wasn't following the rule or I was following the rules and I didn't want the university or other players that came after me if I broke the rules to get in trouble. And that's unfortunately what happened in Reggie Bush's situation. Look what happened to USC mm-hmm. because of the rules. And we can say right now, yes, the amateurism rules should have been different and players should have been able to earn money on name, image and likeness. But those were the rules yeah. then. And you broke the rules then. So I have no problem with the Heisman Trust saying, shouldn't get your Heisman Trophy back. Yeah. Robert, you know, you been you was great at Ohio State. You know, I think you had the Ohio State re- uh, freshman record with over 1,100 yards. What's your thoughts of Travion Henderson? You know, he's a, he was a freshman last season. Do you think he'll be featured a lot in this high-power passing offense? Do you think we'll see him break any rushing records at Ohio State? Oh man, I I love watching Travion run, and and this is the thing, like it's the game is just so different now. Like you, it, because of the because of the pass sets you have, you have a lot of empty sets. You get a lot of people removed from the box, you know. But he also can do that himself. He can line up in the backfield. He can split out and create some mismatch problems when you have a linebacker or a bigger player that needs to separate from the line of scrimmage with him. He is just so much fun to watch, but this offense in general 
is just so much fun to watch. And I, I you know, we, we talk about the, the crazy things that Ohio State has done over the last couple of years. And you're basically talking about three straight guys, three straight Ohio State players that got drafted in the first round. And I know the, the, the kid from Alabama, you know, that he transferred out. Uh, and, and you still have a loaded wide receiver core. So, hey, Travion's just going to be another great piece to that puzzle. But I'm excited to see what he can do because I think he just scratched the surface. And as a as a running back, I think the more reps you get, the more times you see things, especially after that freshman year, there tends to be, a, a, you know, a dramatic incline just because when you're first seeing that speed at that highest level, it's a little bit different. It's, a, it's not necessarily a shock, but it takes some getting used to. So I think he's going to be even better this year. Wow. Robert, you know, nowadays we see players more often retire when they're still good. But I think back to when you did it, I think back to when Barry Sanders did it, or even a little more recently when Calvin Johnson retired in the prime of his career, and Andrew Luck, of course, famously retired. I go so if I correct me if I'm wrong, I believe like your last year in the league, I think was your best statistical season, if I remember. Like you were there was no decline. It wasn't even like, hey, it started to go over the cliff a little bit. Talk about that decision and did you ever regret it? Uh, well, for me, it really wasn't as as difficult as it seemed on the outside. And you're you're right. My last season was my best season in the league, uh, but it was also the only season that I didn't miss any games. So right. you know, my first my first four years in the league, and in particular my rookie season, I uh, did some damage uh, to my right knee when I tore my ACL. Also uh, cracked the bottom of the femur, did some damage. Uh, to, to the uh, articular surfaces, some cartilage that got damaged then, and that required uh, some microfracture micro surgeries uh, later. So I had to have those twice, including after that last season. So my, here it is, my last season. Don't miss any games for the first time. Have my best statistical season. And I still needed knee surgery after the year, and I was like, you know, I'm going to be one of those 45-year or 45-year-old knee replacement guys, and like you, I sit here at 50 years old now, uh, and I haven't had a knee replacement yet. Feel really nice. good. Uh, when I when I push it a little bit too much, if I you know, especially trying to ski, something stupid like that, I might get some swelling in the knee. But other than that, it's pretty good. But I have to ask. So, being a New York guy, are you a Giants fan? No, it's bizarre. I mean, I grew up in New York. I rooted for the Cubs. I rooted for the Bengals. I was a Bengals fan growing up in New York. Wow. Yeah, it's bizarre. Even though I could never watch them, like I never, you know, because I didn't have cable till I, you know, till I was an adult. So I, I could never watch. I don't even know if they were on cable. Those, but I never watched the Cubs and Bengals unless they were playing the Jets, the Giants, or the Mets. You know, but yeah, I grew up for, rooting for all these weird. The only New York team I ever rooted for was St. John's in basketball. That was my team, but that's it. <laughs> well, well, the the regret part of it, uh, re yeah. regret part of the question. My last game was forty-one nothing when we lost to the Giants in the NFC Championship game. Yep. So two out of my last three seasons, uh, the season ended with us losing in the championship game. Of course, after the '98 season, we had gone fifteen and one in the regular season and then lost. Uh, to the Falcons in the NFC Championship mm. game, the regret was, you know, and this is the this is the things that they say. 
that you know regret for the things that you do uh, can be tempered with time and those things get easier to deal with but regret for the things that you failed to do is inconsolable mm-hmm. and so i never won a championship you know never made it to the big game yeah. uh but you know at the same time when i when i think about the decision to walk away from the game it was you know it's better to walk away early than to limp away late and even yeah. though i didn't have any of those championships and i you know it still stings to a degree uh the knee feels much better than it probably should after all the damage that it uh, <laughs> no doubt years and years. So. you know you know robert this is kind of funny you say that you said acl me and jay turned around and looked at each other I think we have five ACLs, um, <laughs> ACL reconstructions between the both of us. And, and when you said you were skiing, I looked around and said, what are you doing what? <laughs> like skiing, that's one of the worst things especially, you can do. Especially with micro fractures. Yeah, yeah, that, ain't yeah. No, that ain't no thing, man. Like, that's crazy. Now, and you, and you no, did was, pre-med, I, right? I was, I was going to say real quick, so it was the ACL on the right knee in 93, and then I had a high ankle sprain before, you know, they talked about him as high ankle sprains. Gilbert Brown, you remember big deep defensive oh, tackle yeah, from yeah. the come on it. I'm lucky that I didn't do more damage to it with, with big Gill falling on it. But then in 96, uh, before they had a horse collar, Walt Harris, Monday Night Football, man. <laughs> and uh, uh, tore my, uh, tore my uh, uh, MCL and PCL on the left knee. So my first four years in the league, man, you know, was, was injured almost all the time. Last four years, relatively healthy. But I, I feel great considering all that stuff. Just hearing him talk about that, my knee started swelling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just a little bit. I can feel the swelling, Robert. Hey, Robert, I got to get your thoughts on USC and UCLA. Man, what happened to, to our old Big Ten? Uh, it's it's so crazy. Like, even thinking back, even thinking back a year ago, when they were talking about Oklahoma and Texas, Going into the SEC, it was like, are you kidding me? This is, like, really happening. And then I remember the morning that this was going down, I was on Twitter, and I saw Brady Brady Quinn. All he, all he had tweeted was the big eyeballs looking, you know? <laughs> and, then I, and then I saw Leinert doing it, and I'm thinking, man, I can't wait to find out what this is. And, like, at first I'm thinking – you know, maybe it's uh, you know a, a, a big Saturday uh, kickoff announcement, like who's going to be joining the desk or something like that. No way in the world was I thinking that it was going to be USC and UCLA. And you know, I think back to, you know, I think back to uh, my uh, recruiting, uh, and you know, USC UCLA were uh, both two schools that I considered. I considered USC twice. I went back out there after that <laughs> state. Uh, but I think it's just unbelievable for the Big Ten, and I think it's going to be great uh, for those programs. And I'm just excited to see the way that it all shakes out and kind of where the last dominoes are going to fall. Like, this this definitely isn't over. Uh, you know, I know that the, the Pac-12 and the, and, and the Big 12, that they haven't, uh, they haven't decided to actually do anything official together, uh, but... Obviously, when you're, you know, you're looking at programs like Oregon, you're looking at programs like Washington, and of course now Notre Dame, you know, just they're they're trying to get NBC to back up, you know, that seventy-five million dollar Brinks truck each year. Uh, I'm I'm just interested to see where the rest of this goes, and I'm I'm like one of those people. I know people. Some are like, ah, the tradition, the tradition, the tradition. Like, 
it's change, and it's not it's it's not always a bad thing. And I think it it, it generally ends up being a lot different and a lot better than people expect. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Man, look at that picture there. Robert yeah, Smith all sure. suited up. Hey, hey Robert, I, I'm curious. I think I had some of the spray on the top. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm not going to mention any yeah. names, but uh, you know, we had a conversation is. on the set That's about true. that a while ago. Yeah, got to get it going. <laughs> hey, I wanted to get Robert, I wanted your thoughts on, on the Browns backfield because, you know. Oh, man. I mean, it's amazing the talent. they. I We look at a guy like even like the Ernest Johnson, who's the third back. When he got a chance last year, he looked awesome. It's, it's, it's unbelievable. You know, of course, covering college football, when you get to see these guys at the college level and then you get to see them make that transition. I mean, we know that, you know, Nick at Georgia and Georgia, you know, they produce all those backs. But then to have Kareem Hunt in that backfield, I think the interesting thing this season, you know, especially in consideration of what's probably going to be at least some sort of, uh, suspension for Deshaun Watson at the beginning of the year as Jacoby Brissett, you know, is, uh, you know, kind of uh, getting comfortable in the offense with everything that's going on. You know, are you going to see Hunt and Chubb in the backfield together? I think there could be some really interesting possibilities. And I know Kevin Stefanski, you know, when he was, uh, I met him up here. I'm up here in Minnesota, by the way, right yeah. now. Um, and I, I uh, you know, met, met him when he was up here as the offensive coordinator. He's obviously got a great offensive mind. He's got some incredible pieces back there. Those guys are just so dangerous. And it, what makes those guys so fun to watch, you know, as a running back, you, you just love to see these things. Uh, you know, they both have that combination where they've got that speed they've got that elusive ability but they also have that ability to just lower that shoulder man it's that proverbial bowling ball uh covered with butcher knives and they can just <laughs> level, level tacklers and that's fun to watch because they they get they leave guys guessing because you just don't know if, if you've got somebody that has that kind of lateral movement that kind of speed that kind of breakaway speed but that kind of power they can really put people on their heels you know, Robert, one of the things that they they give you credit for is being a great running back, but you don't get the credit for being probably one of the smartest players ever to come out of Ohio State, right? Um, in, in terms of uh, now, I believe you were pre-med or were you going to be a surgeon of some sort? How how did you manage that? Um, your workload, your case study, um, and playing football at the same time, and did you have any issues with that? Um, at Ohio State, being able to, like, you know, stay on track to, you know, have your ultimate goal is going to the pros, but also having that backup plan uh, in school, too. Yeah, so it was interesting. You know, the, the story has been told and retold and kind of distorted over the years, but uh, there was no pre-med major at Ohio State. But the head of the uh, cancer hospital, David Schuler at the time, uh, was kind of my unofficial advisor. And he said, look, the medical schools are looking for more well-rounded students. So 
uh, I think you should major in humanities. So majored in history, but I'd take all the biology, all the chemistry, all the physics uh, to uh, be able to apply to medical school someday. It's not something that I ended up doing, but I'm excited that uh, I stayed in uh, the healthcare space. I started a company in, in, in the digital healthcare space called Fan Huddle, and we're getting ready to launch a number of really exciting projects right now. But at the time, it definitely was difficult. And in my second year, uh, I had an issue with a coach that had a problem with me missing, uh, missing uh, uh, practice to attend a class. So uh, that's the reason that I sat out my second year at Ohio State. And I ended up, uh, as I said before, going to revisit USC. But I also visited Stanford. And the head coach at Stanford at that time was Denny Green. Uh, and he and his staff were going to be going to take the Vikings job the next year. And it's funny, uh, I ended up going back to Ohio State playing one more year. But then I got drafted uh, in, in 1993. And I remember getting that call from Denny Green that day. And he said, uh, hey, I let you get away once. I'm not going to let it happen. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's funny how things work out, wow. right? Robert, you know, you, you are, you go down as being the guy who coined the phrase, the Ohio State <laughs> University. You know? That's right. Do you get, do you get money from like shirts and stuff? Because they should, I just nothing. bought, I literally just bought one the other day that says the. Well, you know what, you know what's funny? So I would always go back in the off season uh, to work out at Ohio State. Dave Kennedy was a strength Dave conditioning Kennedy. coach. He had a great career, you know, he ended up, uh, going to Pitt. He was there with Larry Fitzgerald. He was at Texas A&M with Vaughn Miller. I remember he was telling me about Vaughn Miller before anybody was talking about him. He was like, Robert, he looked like Neo. Like he was moving like the Matrix. Like I'd never, I'd never <laughs> seen him. <laughs> uh, and I believe he ended up, uh, he ended up being uh, the strength conditioning coach uh, with Tampa Bay most recently. But it was a big group of us that we would go back and work out. So Eddie George was back there, Raymond, myself, Joey Galloway, but anyhow, we would go back there in the offseason, and they they said to us when we were back there, hey, they decided to emphasize the official name of the university, which is the Ohio State University. So when I went back to Minnesota, of course, you know, I was talking to Chris Carter about it. So I, I may get the credit from some sort of group, but I don't remember who officially actually said it on Monday Night Football first. But Chris and I started doing it on Monday Night Football uh, that season, and the rest is history. Yeah. And now, and now they've co- I think they did they try, try to trademark the word the. Yeah. And they did. They finally successfully did that, I think, uh, a couple weeks ago. Yeah, I mean, the yeah. university needs that money desperately. Yeah, they do. <laughs> they need a fake sale. How are they going to survive? <laughs> hey, Robert. Um, every time we spoke when we worked together. Uh, I would always make it a point because I know how much you love fatherhood and how proud you are uh, to be a dad. And because it's been a while and I haven't had an update and I, and I so loved hearing you speak about your kids, I need an update. Um, you, being a father still the greatest thing you've ever experienced and, and just give us a, fill us in a little bit about your life and how things are now. Well, I, I think you know that it, it never changes. You know, once once you become a father, uh, that that love of, of parenthood never changes. And, you know, now my daughter's 12 and my my son's 10. And, you, you know, you know what they say, 
Jay, nothing makes you feel older than your friend's kids, right? <laughs> so true. <laughs> because you, you have those checkups, you know, and those check-ins, and they're not as often. And then you're like, wait a second, this this kid was just, you know, in kindergarten, you know, now they're driving. But, you know, my, my daughter has become a music fan. It's just unbelievable. Um, she's an incredible artist. Uh, she uh, she got her first vinyl about uh, about three months ago, and it's uh, American Idiot, so it's uh, Green oh, Day. Wow. And so we're going up to Lollapalooza next weekend in nice. Chicago. So uh, <laughs> we're going to go see Green Day up there. And my son, and you know what's strange? They're they're both lefties. So like wow. just like just like my mother, left handed and blue eyes. So you know the the, the legacy of my mom there. Uh, so my son, he's been in and out of baseball, you know, with COVID, it kind of uh, uh, disrupted his baseball career. But towards the end of this baseball season, you know, I started to tell him more and more about like, look, you're left-handed, it's rare, we got to try and get you into pitching. But he's just having fun right now. But it's, it's great that they, they both love to read. Neither one of them is that much into, into sports right now. Uh, but you know how it is, man. You just you love them for who they are, and 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 you know you just try and instill uh, values in them that you know whatever you do, work hard at it. Yeah, and that's all you can ask. Their loves become your loves, Robert. Before we let you go, we want to cross paths with uh, with a mutual friend. I think you know who we're talking about. Leroy Horde on the program now. So once again, we have <laughs> a Buckeye and a Wolverine. <laughs> hey! Hey! What's up, Juice? <laughs> What's up, guys? Hey! Hey! And you so, guys, I think I I think you guys know this. And and uh, wait a second, this is this is the first. Somebody got in a word before Leroy. But hey, <laughs> so Scott, Scotty Graham, Scotty Graham was running back at Ohio State. I think you guys know, and he's now the running back coach down there at the University of Arizona. Um, I mean, he was like the Mike Tyson of talking. And man, when Leroy, when he got up, up, up around Leroy, Leroy put him to shame. It was un. <laughs> he had he had he had Scotty Graham cowering like, oh my god. <laughs> hey, in all, in all seriousness, though. Like Leroy uh, coming in there to Minnesota, you know, I was getting hurt all the time, and I'm I'm thankful that I was getting hurt because uh, I had a chance to to meet Leroy, who's still, uh, uh, you know, one of my very best friends. And man, it was just a, a pleasure playing with you. And, and before you were on Leroy, we were talking about Nick Chubb, and we were talking about Kareem Hunt, and you know, we were talking about the running backs, and maybe you didn't have as much lateral movement as those guys do, but it was always so much fun to watch you run, man, because, like, nobody ran harder, and it was the funniest thing in the world to see defenders try and stop a guy that wasn't interested in being stopped. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, I tell you what, the, the cool thing about playing with Robert is, is we watch film together, we learned a playbook together, and when we got to the game, we all knew our roles, right? To the point where the coach didn't even have to tell us when to go in the game. We knew, me and Robert probably, more than any two other running backs, knew our situation, 
knew when it was our play and knew when we had done it too long and had to change it up. Mm. So I remember one time Robert said, let me get that goal line. Go ahead. <laughs> go, go, go ahead, play it. The goal hey. line is no joke. And, and you know, it's, you it's funny. Bunch Leroy, of space. So, so, so Leroy, Leroy is the reason that I, I own an NFL record that will never be broken. Never. Oh, the longest average touchdown run uh, for uh, a, a player with more than 20 touchdowns. And I'm like above 26 yards per touchdown. Oh my God. And, wow. And second, second, second place is Barry Sanders at like 16. And it's because as soon as I got to the ten yard line, he's Leroy's right. I'd start jogging to the sideline. Leroy pound that thing in, like, okay, now I don't have that one yard, two yard touchdown. Yeah. To <laughs> wow, that's, hey, that's a great if, record, though. That's and hilarious. and the funny thing about it is, I don't think. Anybody really understood that we just knew because yeah. our coach wasn't telling us when to go in <laughs> and, and people watching the games didn't know. They thought, oh, oh, this is Leroy's moment right here. He about to go in. It wasn't even like that. We just played enough long enough to know, oh, this your, this your thing right here. Hey. Go ahead. Go ahead and get this. And, and you're right, though. I mean, absolutely no jealousy, no ego about it. Like. Hey, if, if Leroy gets it, I'm glad. I'm hey, I'm glad to see Leroy score a touchdown. And nothing about, you know, uh, any any bad feelings that we had. We just nope. like that's a hey, the, the love in that locker room. It was something special. This is rare that an Ohio State guy and a, a, a team of oh, no. guys on the same oh, page. Hold, hold up, Ty, wait one I, minute. Very, very interesting whoa, whoa. choice of clothes too. I like. We yeah. we got we got that one week a year. <laughs> you best believe that one week a year, it was the till we drop. Mm. It was no doubt that we was going at it that whole week. But keep in mind, Minnesota had a lot of Buckeyes. They did, yeah. Yeah. so I had it coming from Corey a bunch Stringer? of different no. angles. Chris Carter, Chris Carter, yeah. Chris Carter Big K, Corey Stringer, yeah, yeah. Big K, yeah, part of it too. <laughs> so yeah, but but here's another thing. You know, the first radio show I ever did every week was with Robert. Really? Yeah. He said, "Man, mm -hmm. what you doing? You ain't got nothing to do. I was just laying around <laughs> and surgeries after I got done. You ain't got no job. You ain't got nothing to do. Come come do this radio show with me. It was on Saturdays." Yeah, right. it was a, it was it was a with Levitard station down there in uh, in Miami. Yeah. So, well, I'm still there. I know you're. I know you're. Still there. <laughs> you owe Robert ten percent, bro. <laughs> 10%. Hey, so this is one thing that Robert would tell me every day, no, bar none, every day, and you could tell him he said these words to me every day since we've known each other. Shh, Leroy. Be quiet. <laughs> I'm like, man, we've been doing this for three years. I know it. Shh. Be quiet. Oh, my God. He's still telling you that. 
Or, or how about I split my lip for a game from year to year and had to get the Rambo stitches, you know, them stitches with the big sickle. Mm-hmm. Oh, yo, and then yeah. when you get back to the, to uh, we were playing Detroit. When we get back to uh, to Minnesota, then I went to a plastic surgeon. And so I get back into the huddle, and then we get done with the game, and, and we on the plane. And for some reason, I became the center of everybody's attention because I was still talking. And then, like, <laughs> we can't split his lip. I hurt my jaw. I had TMJ. They say, Jeez. we can't stop him with his jaw. I mean, it's like, man, he is a pro. But I tell you what, I met somebody who made me look like an amateur. Oh, come on. We used to play in a golf tournament in Upper Montclair, New Jersey. Right? An NFL tournament. And the better you are, the farther you make it, you start playing with the big time pros. Mm. So I played with Lee Trevino. And when we got into the locker room, we got to the locker room, all of the the seniors were betting the NFL players on who would talk more. (laughs) And when we got done, I took a knee in the locker room and I said, (laughs) I am not, I am not worthy. (laughs) Because he only stopped talking to take a swing. (laughs) <laughs> and it might have been because I was nervous playing with him, right? But he only stopped to swing the golf club. And then he continued with his story. And I was standing there in amazement. I'm like, wow, I am not worthy. Because he, oh my goodness. So that's the only guy. We need the Lee and Leroy show. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and I don't know. I, like, I'll end it with this. I don't know how many times this has happened. When I've been with somebody uh, on the phone and Leroy's on the other end of the phone and I end up getting off of the phone, they're like, were you still, were you talking to somebody? Like, <laughs> listen to Leroy. <laughs> I was listening. He just got the phone up like this. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> uh-huh. For real. You can set it down and go do something for 10 minutes back, and come back and you talking. miss nothing. Okay. Yeah. Hey, man. Hey, hey. That is not necessary. What are you doing here? <laughs> That's a little harsh. Man. Thanks, boy. I appreciate it. Hey, you're, you're in the right business, and whoever hires you, they're just getting they're getting a bonus because nobody gets a word for the amount of money that they get paid. Here's it. By, yeah, here's it by sure. the way, real quick, Robert, before you go, I was looking it up. Uh, Leroy's last season in '99 in Minnesota, he had a lot of touchdowns there, a lot of rushing touchdowns. I think he had like, including the playoffs, I think he had like 15, 16 touchdowns, Dang. something like that, in '99. You only had one, only one of your rushing touchdowns was double digits. Did you know that? And do you remember when it was, Leroy? Do I, only one of my touchdowns was double digits? Yeah, double digit yards, I'm saying. Double digit yards. But all your touchdowns were nine yards or less, except for one. They were Robert's cleanup touchdowns. Right. See how they do you? See how they do you? I didn't do this for this. <laughs> Wait a second. <laughs> That's not an insult. You no. scored a million touchdowns. You're the closer. Hold on. Let me think. That's Let me not think. an insult. He's the closer. Let me think. Let me think. Was it Detroit? It was a playoff game. Oh, really? Yeah, you had a 16-yard touchdown. 
Who would have been the have been Rams? The Giants? No, it wasn't against the Giants. The Rams. I don't remember. Oh, Dallas. Dallas. Wait a second. <laughs> no, we didn't beat Dallas in the playoffs. It was against Arizona. Oh, that's right. Oh, oh, you want to hear something incredible about that? <laughs> Wait a second. Wait a second. I screwed up. I, I screwed up. That was the season before. Robert, thank you for joining us, Robert. Catch your flight. Whenever you want to come back, we were glad to have you on. My bad. Thank you so much. Robert, you're awesome, man. Great to see you again. Thanks, Robert. Come back during football season. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.